while everyone is talking about 2023 and how it could be devastating in terms of unemployment, maybe real estate prices plunging downwards, the market could probably have a great year in 2023 because it's a future indicator. So while you're going through this shit, the market can be doing something completely different. So if you're an investor, don't get scared and be like, oh, I need to jump out of the market now. Your assets are the stocks that you own, the assets you own, maybe like crypto. That could have experienced the majority of the pain already. Welcome into the Free Retiree Show, your go-to podcast for your career and your finances. I'm your host, wealth manager, Lee Michael Murphy, and alongside my pals, Silicon's best and brightest career advisor and interview coach, Sergio Patterson. What is up, everyone? Silicon's, you left out the valley. <laughs> Silicon Valley's favorite <laughs> jackass, Sergio Patterson. <laughs> what is up? And everyone's favorite attorney, Matthew McElroy. What's going on? So welcome into episode 139. What sort of economic environment should we expect for 2023? That's what we're talking about today. We're talking about the current state of the economy, the good, the bad, the ugly. And we'll also give you some expectations for what you should expect in 2023. But before we launch all that stuff, let's talk about the current holiday that's uh, fast approaching. Right now we're recording this towards the end of October. And that's Halloween time. So I thought I would start you gents off with the question, scariest or favorite Halloween character? So I'll open the floor to you guys. Which which Halloween character scares you the most? Sir, do you want to take first? I can go. Um, I was thinking two, two popped out. It was, uh, do you guys remember the movie It, the clown? Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Mm. So when we were kids, I was like, I was terrified of clowns. Yeah, uh, because of that movie, <laughs> because of that movie, like literally my siblings would tell, like torment me and put clowns on my bed, under the bed. And this clown was for sure. A, he had some issues. If you haven't seen it, go see it. But yeah, it. And then I was thinking uh, Freddy Krueger was pretty scary because you get in your dreams at night and stuff. And that messed with my sleep for many years. Yeah. Well, didn't your loving family once lock you in a, <laughs> a room with that playing it? Yes. And, that and, and the Freddy Krueger movie. Yeah, that's your siblings, right? Yes, my beautiful and wonderful loving siblings. Wow, that's cold. <laughs> that's cold. I was like, that's seven. right, Sergio. You're the youngest, aren't you? Yeah, I'm the youngest of five. I was like seven or eight. I was terrified. Tra still trauma <laughs> yeah. to this day. Yeah, you're still working through it. <laughs> All right, Matt, scariest Halloween character? Yeah, the uh, when I was a kid, the, I saw that movie, The Night of the Living Dead, and that thing freaked me out. That one stuck with me for a while. It was like the it was the, the old one, right? The old black and white version. I forget what it was yeah. in the 60s or whatever. Yeah, that one was pretty terrifying. That one got me. Yeah, for me, it's, uh, I think it's zombies in general. Zombies, mm -hmm. like a, not just a zombie, like a pack of zombies flailing around running at you. So I think it's always been my thing is a bunch of crazy zombies running at me. But as I've gotten older and slower, I know like speed is critical and endurance is critical in getting away from zombies. So I feel like I'm just like a little pork chop just trying to run away from this pack of zombies right well, now. Like, it, it matters what kind of zombies, right? You have walking dead zombies that like limp towards you or do you have World War Z zombies that are like oh, Olympic sprinters? Good point. <laughs> yes. A very good point. I am more, I'm more scared of the Olympic sprinters that, that I feel like you, you got to have good cardio 
and right now my cardio is just in the tank so i just feel like we got isn't your uh isn't victoria a diehard horror movie film person it's how do you, yeah how do you do it i can't watch horror movies anymore. no it's every week with this girl just has to watch something scary and really just messed up like, i don't know She's have you guys watched Dahmer? kind of a sick person <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah that was like she was binging uh the other week she was all about it oh yeah that, it that one was is, twisted is good? that was hard to watch yeah yeah, she's. That one was, I don't know. Didn't he <laughs> that almost one was get kind caught? of like disturbing on a very deep level. Didn't he almost get caught a few times, and the cops were just like, "Meh, he's probably okay." Yeah, yeah, it was definitely a show of like white privilege, right? <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Serge, you're lucky you never ran into this guy because you right. I was prime target for <laughs> prime target. <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll start off our conversation about the current state of the economy. Obviously, everyone is frazzled right now, a little bit worried. Last week, we just had an inflation report. It was terrible. And people are still worried about where inflation is. And right now, as we've talked in previous episodes, this economy that we're in, there's a lot of things we can look at and point to, but 90% of the problems that we're having is due to inflation, right? That's the key. That's how things are going to get better, and it's potentially how things can get worse. New data that came out of China showed that consumer spending is falling, so that's a sign of economic cooling. Last week, International Monetary Policy Manager Selena Georgina said the worst is yet to come, and across many economies, recession risks are rising. Right now, it is still dicey out there. What are you guys seeing in the streets of Silicon Valley, Sergio? And then Matt, the real estate, what are you seeing in those spaces? I think you're probably referencing like jobs. Yeah. Why'd you call it the streets? See, that was a particular choice of words. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. That sounded cool. But now that I'm thinking hindsight, it didn't sound so cool. The mean streets of Silicon Valley. Yeah, no, I think. What's interesting is the inflation's tough. I think what I'm hearing from a lot of people who are working in Silicon Valley is that uh, a lot of people just went through performance reviews and the raises that are happening are not even matching up with inflation. So that mm. from like an employee side, that's the concern like I think employees have. It's like my money is not worth as much as it was last year and I'm literally like losing money right now. So that's one thing. And then I think companies are tightening up their budgets. There's hiring freezes, but the job market i think there are still opportunities out there for people who are looking but it is some companies are being conservative i'll say that like the biggest the bigger companies like the googles all those companies they're very conservative right now in terms of hiring but like a lot of some of those like second tier companies are still hiring yeah that's a great point because in the report the labor market is healthy but it's it's showing signs of cooling right now when these people that are they're unhappy with their the latest reviews and the whatever they're being up it'd be interesting to see how what like a lot of these people were at salary wise a year or maybe two years ago and how much it's really because i feel like a lot of people during that period had a huge jump in income just from either jumping jobs or just the way the job market was going and it it would be interesting to see like the, the incremental jump from their last pay raise till the performance reviews did that jump compensate enough for what is coming there competing with inflation i guess if you compare their Probably, older salary with that I get what you're saying it's a good point like for context like i got a seven percent raise this year and then last year i think i got like a three percent raise but to your but point what is supposed I, to be average though the seven percent i got is was like hey this is a lot like it's on oh. the higher end because I, I i did really well this year i got exceed expectations what sparked my mind right now is the stock during like 
2020-2021 let's say you worked at zoom and they are offering you stock at 400 and your comp was based off that performance zoom's been cut in half netflix has been cut in half facebook has been cut in half so counterpoint is people lost hundreds of thousands of dollars in stock so like we're getting screwed in every direction right now (laughs) inflation stock it's it's interesting but if you guys hold that stock and ride the roller coaster and come yeah. back up, you guys could be in a real pretty position. <laughs> yeah. Whenever it, that time comes, it might be a little bit. <laughs> Matt, why don't you give us the the real estate, what you're seeing on the mean streets of the real estate. I don't have like. that much exposure to residential rents, but I've heard through some brokers and things that I've talked to that residential rents are going down a little bit, even though it's not so much reflecting in the, the CPI and all that data. That data is a little bit older. I think that the rents are cooling off a little bit. I'm seeing a lot of, not a lot, but I am seeing commercial vacancies. If you're an entrepreneur and you're looking to find a new stop in a small strip mall, especially small mom and pop strip malls, you're seeing vacancies and you're seeing, you can get better deals than what was out there before. I think it's just going to get more and more as we, I'm almost of the opinion that we are in a recession already. And everybody's mm-hmm. just trying to avoid saying that. I think it's kind of obvious that we're already pretty much there. And so I think as we fall deeper into it, I think that there's going to be more and more opportunities like this, where you're going to see retail spaces become cheaper and cheaper. So going on to some of the data that recently came out, it's estimated that a third of the global output from the economies that are out there in the world will contract next year. While it's estimated that the US, European Union, and China, the three largest economies, will stall. They're projecting that there's a 2.7% growth in 2023, down from 3.2% this year. So a lot of the news that's coming out right now is not good. And it's been reflective in what we've seen in the market. Let's talk about how inflation really hurts everybody. So one of the worst things about inflation is it tends to hurt the people that are more impoverished, the poor people of society, they tend to feel it worse than others because just simply buying a gallon of milk or a carton of eggs becomes extraordinarily expensive. And I'm over here complaining about my 7% raise. And we got assholes Sorry. like Sergio yeah, complaining about it. Privileged. Uh, I didn't give my 8% earlier. raise. But yeah. You got then, Silicon Valley privilege. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> Sorry, Sorry. I retract that <laughs> statement from earlier. You douche. But yeah, so the people that are hurt the most are the poor, unfortunately. It also impacts us in the area of savings. Because everything gets more expensive, it creeps up on us, and then we might think we're making okay money, but the savings account doesn't seem to grow as fast. Obviously, go right, search, go right for the kids. I can't even look at our our Costco bill. I think I've told you guys, I just walk out. I can't look at it anymore. It's out of control. It's wild. Most of the places I shop, yeah, I'm getting the same place, but not that grocery outlet. If you commit to that grocery (laughs) outlet life, yes, your produce might be rotten, but you will be saving. How was your yeah, doctor yeah. visit? How was your blood work? <laughs> 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 it's a little sketchy, but hey, hey, I'm still alive. I got a couple extra dollars. Hey, it's working out all right. Biggest thing, right? Loss of purchasing power. That's what everyone's worried about with inflation. Translates to people buying primary residence. It becomes very difficult. It hurts also asset valuations. As we're seeing right now, one of the impacts is that asset valuations are going down. And then the big one, recessions. Inflations tend to lead to recessions. And right now, a lot of people are very nervous about everything they're seeing. And I would just say that what we are going through, it's rare, but it's not out of the norm. We have one-off 
sort of economic environments like 2008 that were a little bit out of the box. But when you think about your standard inflation, what happens is you have this period of prosperity where people are doing well, people have great jobs, people just essentially are making more money. And what happens is that the cost of everything goes up. And what that does is the companies that you know eventually provide these goods and services and supply everybody else, it starts to eat into their profits. All of a sudden, the widgets that were only costing a dollar end up costing a dollar fifty, and their profits are lower. And what's the easiest way to solve this dilemma? It's either to charge more or lay off people. And the quickest way is to lay off people. And that's like a standard recession. So what we're going through, yes, inflation is at 40-year highs, but this kind of fits the script for your standard recession. Any thoughts on that, guys? I think that we're going to see a combination of rising prices and layoffs. Mm -hmm. I think that they're going to probably do both. When you say layoffs, are you talking like retail or are you talking like white collar? Every, everywhere. Everything. I think you're going to see both, right? Yeah, everywhere. Everywhere. Everywhere gets impacted. Because it becomes more expensive to borrow money and that affects all companies. Yes. And actually right now, the sectors that are getting hit the hardest, you know, the tech and health space, the reason that they've been hit probably harder than most sectors is because they tend to have more leverage, right? So the cost of their debt is higher. So where you see the general market only being in a bear market, which is still bad, other sectors that are in super bear markets right now that are companies that are discounted 50%. 60%, 70%, and companies that we generally think that are strong companies, but they're really hurting right now. While the general market isn't feeling a bit of pain, there are other sectors that are feeling a ton of pain given the current economic environment. Winter's coming, Lee. Winter's coming. <laughs> and to keep with the theme, to keep with the theme, the scariest thing I think to anyone's economic picture, their financial plan is inflation, right? Inflation is Sergio's it. It's Matt's zombies. It's my zombies with good cardio and fast sprinting ability. That's what inflation is because a lot of people are concerned with volatility. It is a concern, but inflation creates environments where economies never... The US is, is strong and I'm not worried about the recovery of the US in the long term, but there has been countries that never came back from inflation. A lot of the South American countries, they just never could recover. So inflation is a big deal. It is complicated. But also keep in mind that right now as investors, we're scared about assets right now. We're scared, oh, should we put our money in? Because short term, these things are going through a roller coaster. But the long-term benefit of owning quality assets that have historical performance that is positive and that has done well that is the solution to the problem. Lee, what type of companies do you think can withstand what's coming and not resort to layoffs slash? I think- you know, What types of companies will make it through this? And so when you look at the balance sheets of companies, if they have a lot of debt, that's scary. That's scary because right now, it's not that it's not that different from people's personal finances. We've had previous episodes before where we said that if you're trying to get ready for recession, make sure you get rid of your debt. Same thing with companies. If you're holding a lot of debt and you don't have a lot of cash on hand, I think you're more in jeopardy and you're forced in these difficult situations because you don't have that financial strength. Those things become amplified. In good economies, when people are highly leveraged and have assets, 
like we've talked about before, these people that are on this real estate train of, oh, just get as much debt as possible and over leverage and it's all going to be great. It works out fantastic when markets are great. And then when markets go the other way, it's devastating. You know, Serge, you and I, we're like, we have these side combos of people that we know that were over leveraged betting on these outstanding economies and taking yeah. those bets. And we were always like, hey, like, this might not always be this way. This person's really risking it all uh, that everything's going to be great and they can over leverage themselves. And now we're seeing those same people really in a tough spot. And they're like hiding under rocks now. They're hiding. They're hiding right now. They're scared. They don't want they don't want their faces to be seen. But that's the reality of the situation. So other stats from the the news that we're getting, gasoline prices have dropped, but they're still 18% higher than a year ago. Matt, how's that Hummer? How's the Hummer treating you? It's good. There's we were talking about zombies <laughs> earlier. I think I'd be very happy to have my Hummer in a zombie apocalypse. <laughs> that's a good point. Your Hummer can yeah. get you through a lot of stuff. We didn't give the only way credit. I can defend it. Yeah, we didn't give you credit for that. Yeah, you deserve credit for that. One. So a nuclear war might happen. You got the Hummer. Oh yeah, just a great family car for both those types of the. You can take off into the hills and your Hummer. All right, Matt, you're getting your winning points now for that Hummer purchase. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> electricity is up sixteen percent. Natural gas prices are up thirty three percent. So yeah, a lot of depressing news right now. But let's talk about 2023. What to expect there? Unemployment right now is right around 3.5%. As we look into the future of 2023, we're looking at unemployment getting up to around 5%. Right well, now- That's what the Fed wants, right? Didn't they like state that they wanted it to be between 45 and 5 or something like that? Yes. So they're, they don't want to highlight that they want people unemployed, but the truth is they want people unemployed. Why? Uh, because inflation, inflation's running hot. And the only way they're going to get this thing down is if we get people losing their jobs. That's just the sad reality of the situation that we're in. So most of us, when we think of the Fed, that they're always on our side. They want the best for us. And unfortunately, right now, the best for us is to be in the unemployment line. So during COVID, was inflation low or high? Like in 2020, when we're all at home, businesses were shut down, people were laid off. Is it a, safe to assume inflation was low? It was low. It wasn't an issue at the start of COVID. But what they did is they gave all this free money. Those PP loan owners were getting tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars, didn't know what to do with it. People were making more money being unemployed than they were working. So they made a lot of mistakes. And I think when we look back at this time in history, we're going to look at this as a major mistake that the Federal Reserve did during COVID. It was great that they stepped in at the right time, but they went over, they went too hard on the gas pedal to accelerate things during COVID. And things were fine. We actually, everyone was talking about what a prosperous time it was during COVID and how everyone was doing fantastic and they still printed money. So I won't get too political, but I think that was an egregious miscalculation on the part of the Fed. And we're paying for it now. That's exactly what we are paying. I feel like we had an episode back then and you guys were talking about how we're going to pay for it eventually. I feel like, Matt, you said that specifically. Yeah, I did screwed. not nail the Hummer, <laughs> but he nailed that. Respect. We don't know yet. Dude. There's a zombie apocalypse and I did nail the Hummer. So. All right. The jury's still out on that one. Uh, let's talk about the good things, right? Let's end with some good right now because I've given us a lot of bad, but let's end with some good. The good thing is that this current economy is not leveraged like past economies, like such as 2008, when there was a lot of leverage in the system. 
That is not an issue right now. In fact, the Fed is very much in control of all the pain that we're feeling right now. They can turn this off with a switch. They're deciding not to, but they could turn it off. And that's something that should give us some comfort. What's the converse of that? What if, let's say, hypothetically, they do turn it off, right? Then inflation runs wild or whatever. And, you know, or go, it won't run wild, but it'll continue to rise probably and be an issue. Yeah. And what does that look like? What, what is that end result better than the end result of them? doing all these hikes and whatnot. Remember, they have multiple tricks in their bag, right? The Fed funds rate was what everyone's thinking about. They're jacking that up to fight inflation. But they also have monetary policy that they stopped doing in February. They just stopped printing all this free money. That's another thing. So maybe they could do something in the middle that really doesn't slow things down too much, but kind of pushes us forward a little bit. So they have multiple avenues to go to right now. But doesn't it like, doesn't it like just- like, They pump the brakes really hard though. But like from a logical standpoint, doesn't it just seem like silly to print more money? You know what I mean? When we've had so much problem with the money that's been printed. They stopped all that. So maybe- But what if they, they started again, I heard people thinking they're going to pivot or something and well, start printing some more money or something. It's like, why would people think that they're going to yeah, do I heard an, another it, check it, is coming. I heard that's maybe California at the state level, but I don't yeah. know. I could be wrong, but still, it's still, it's just, it's, wow, more, more money. You know what I mean? I'm yeah, not right. I, I, mean, I want the money, but at the same time, it's, is it just going to happen? But it's always an option, but right now they've already talked about slashing the Fed funds rate in the Q1 or Q2 of next year. So that's where they're going to go to first, but say that they did go too aggressive on what we're experiencing right now and everything just collapses, they're going to start printing more money to fix that issue. That would be weird because even if say everything crashes, right? Like hypothetically, I feel like we're still going to have inflation. You know what I mean? I still feel like inflation is still going to exist in some, and maybe I'm wrong because I'm not that up on this topic, but it does a crashing economy combat inflation. Does that yeah, bring it down? It would, it would bring it down. It's gradual, but the prices would go down. The things that are a little bit stickier, wage inflation is a bit tougher to come down on, but everything else would end up going down because if people don't have the money to buy the goods and services, people can't charge the high prices. So it would go down, but it would just be gradual and it might take a long time. Mm. Either way, a ugly situation that I don't want to think about, but yeah, they're all valid concerns, Matthew. So let's talk about where the valuations are right now. Valuations are where they should be. I know a lot of people are saying there's a lot of doom and gloom out there. The worst is yet to come. But when we look at the market valuations and asset valuations in the market, they are right where they should be. They can they have a little bit more pain, potentially, but there's a lot more room up than down. Now, remember, the way we look at the market is different than we look at other asset classes. The market is the crystal ball. It tells us the future of what's going to happen before it happens. So this market has been trending down since the beginning of the year. Just now, in recent months, we are experiencing the unemployment. We're experiencing a lot of these difficulties that the market signaled. So while everyone is talking about 2023 and how it could be devastating in terms of unemployment, maybe real estate prices plunging downwards, the market could probably have a great year in 2023. Because it's a future indicator. So while you're going through this shit, the market can be doing something completely different. So if you're an investor, don't get scared and be like, oh, I need to jump out of the market now. Your assets, the stocks that you own, the assets you own, maybe like crypto, that could have experienced the majority of the pain already. 
And if that turns around, it could be increasing in price and the valuations could be going up, but we could still be experiencing the, the residual pains. So I think what I'm hearing is like right now, the market is already down for 2023. There's nowhere to go but up for a lot of these stocks that we're that we have, like more likely to go up versus and then it goes back to the conversation of quality while we always talk about quality. This is also the time when you have shoddy quality that it can go away permanently. But yeah. if you buy quality, your quality assets should start to go up. Now, real estate's a little bit different. Real estate, I think we're still in the second inning. Like for some of the tech stocks that have been getting just destroyed. I think we're in the seventh inning of that. I don't know. Cause do you really think that I agree with you totally that the market is ahead? Like, what do they say the rule is? It's, or the rule of thumb is six months. It looks six months ahead or something like that. But it, it can be, it could be a bit longer drawn out than that as well. So yeah, six months but, is like a general rule, but I feel like 2023, it could still, I don't know. I feel like that would be a really quick turnaround. You know what I mean? I feel like I agree with what you're saying, but at the same time, I feel like the hurt's going to be a little longer. No, they, it definitely can be, but the valuations is a total, that's where we get it jumbled up is we feel like, well, the valuations and what's going on currently need to go in together. They need to be happening at the same time. And that's not the exact case. A prime scenario is if you look at 2008, the market went down for nine months, came back basically within like right around that three-year mark. But the implications of what we dealt with went out for a decade. So the, what the market does and the things that we're feeling aren't always the same. Just something to think about. Like right now, we're most investors are looking at 2023 and they're like, I can't invest any more money because this yeah. it could go down so much more. But that's generally not the situation. It could, but that's generally I feel like everything's going to be on sale. <laughs> it's like Black yeah. Friday. <laughs> There's it, a lot of stuff. Couldn't you argue it's on sale now though? Yeah. People but, think it's going to go lower. Some people think it's at the bottom. I believe yeah. that with crypto and stocks, those are more future indicators. And I feel like they've hit a very good pain point. Obviously, the lower quality stuff can still go away completely. But overall, I feel like we're in a good place in terms of where valuations are at. They are close to where they should be. Um, but let's talk about things that we should do to deal with everything that we're, that's going on right now. Don't make large purchases right now. This is one of the big financial mistakes that people make during these times is I'm going to make a big purchase, a house I can't afford, a car that I can't afford, pulling money out of your investments right now because you've just, you feel like, oh, this is too much. I'm putting all my money in cash. This is when people make these really bad decisions. The writing's on the wall of how you need to look at your money and how you need to treat your money. You shouldn't be paying for $20,000 vacations to Europe right now. You should not be pulling out your money into cash to make yourself feel better. What about selling your home? I've seen people put their homes so, in the market. That's the next one. Selling your real estate right now because you think there's going to be a drop is also a massive mistake, right? You have to think about it as like the tax implications of that move. What if this is not the scenario that we think it is? There's so many things that can go wrong here. So it's also these, more of a buyer's market right now. Like it's mm, shifting still too high to be a it's still high it's still high right now but we are rapidly shifting to a buyer's market i agree with that 100 percent. i feel like in, in somewhere in mid 2023 we'll start to really enter that that time period where the prices but the problem is, is the yeah. price is going to be at the right level with the interest rate to make sense because like it's I, I think we talked about it last episode or one of our previous episodes where the price to buy a house 
because of the interest rates has doubled. If you take the same price house, it's literally doubled the price of your mortgage. And before it was the high price of these houses pricing people out. Now it's going to be the mortgages. So it's like something's got to break and make it affordable to the average Joe. Yeah. And right now, home affordability just surpassed the pre-2008 in terms of income and what home prices cost. So for people's, people's income and what they pay for a house, it just got more egregious and crazy than it was in 2008. Oh, before it busted. Before, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. I got you. Yeah, okay. That makes sense. But remember, this is also the time when people make money, right? We're all being very fearful and looking at, oh, this is terrible. But remember, this is how the intelligent investors really capitalize and make their money. It's not during the times of prosperity. It's generally during these times. So keep your uh, keep your wits about you. Stay positive. Remember, this will pass. This is the recessions, economic downturns are normal. They are normal things that are supposed to happen. So stay well, positive. Instead of looking at it as a negative, look at it as an opportunity. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And that's how we need to look at it. This is an opportunity yeah. and it will pass. Thank you, everybody, for joining us today. You've been listening to the Free Retiree Show. So look for now. Securities offered through Securities America Incorporated, member FINRA, www.finra.org, SIPC, www.sipc.org, a separate entity. Lee Michael Murphy is licensed with the California Department of Insurance, license 0H18660. Lee Michael Murphy is a investment advisor representative with Securities America Advisors, a registered investment advisor. The Free Retiree, Securities America Advisors, and Securities America Incorporated are separate entities. Career Advisor Sergio Patterson, Attorney Matt McElroy are not affiliated with Securities America Advisors or Securities America Incorporated. Securities America Advisors, Securities America Incorporated, and its representatives do not provide tax or legal advice. Therefore, it's important to coordinate with your tax or legal advisor regarding your specific situation. The content heard in this podcast is not intended to be tax, investment, or legal advice and is intended as general guidance only. You should contact your own tax advisor, financial advisor, or attorney to answer questions about your specific situation or needs before acting upon this information. Third-party source information or comments are not verified, may not be accurate, and are not necessarily representative of all client or audience experience. A portion of this event was paid by a third party. The opinions of career advisor Sergio Patterson do not reflect the opinions of Facebook, Inc. The opinions of attorney Matt McElroy do not reflect the opinions of Castaneda and Company.